The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock. One shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. For some reasons, uh, I have not been able to discern the fourth Sunday after Easter has long been called Good Shepherd Sunday. The gospel is always from chapter 10 of John, which is full of imagery about sheep and shepherds and so forth. And the psalm appointed in the lectionary is always Psalm 23, which if you think about it and look back through it, it is told from the point of view of a sheep. If you can imagine a sheep reciting a psalm, this would be it. (laughs) So today is Good Shepherd Sunday. In light of the confirmation uh, yesterday morning at the cathedral, where Bishop Shaw confirmed dozens and dozens of teenagers, including a number of our own, I could talk about sheep in a very particular way. By conventional thinking, uh, they don't like to be pushed around, they're hard to control, they smell bad. (laughs) They can be easily scattered. But it could be that sheep have gotten a bad rap. They may not think like we do, but I think we can get overly caught up in thinking about how stupid they supposedly are. And maybe shepherds have gotten a bad rap as well. I'm told that in Jesus' time, they were thought of as something like a used car salesman. And even the, the phrase, good shepherd, would have been an oxymoron. It's not possible to have those two words together at the same time. Well, I was pointed by a colleague to a blog called Painted Prayer Book, which is on the web. And the author of this blog does some refreshing uh, welcome reframing of the relationship between sheep and shepherds and of course between us and Jesus which is of course the what's really being talked about in the passages about sheep and shepherds in Jesus's time sheep were actually a vital and primary part of the local economy They provided wool for clothes, milk for drinking, and ultimately they provided meat 
protein that sustained people. You might say that they were a symbol of God's life, of God's abundance, and indeed of God's very sustenance for us. So we might think that uh, perhaps Jesus compared us to sheep not because he expects us to be stupid, but rather because we are valuable and because he expects us to be a source of life and sustenance to one another. And Jesus' sheep follow him not because he's a sergeant, not because he's a drill sergeant, not mindlessly, but rather in the context of a relationship. The presence of a good shepherd is never threatening. In fact, it's just the opposite. A good shepherd wants her sheep to trust her, not to fear her. The good shepherd is the one who extends radical hospitality to the sheep. He protects them against all danger, even as Jesus says repeatedly, to the point of laying down his life for the sheep. He wants us to see him, to know him, to know and to trust his voice. Now, I have to say, I've always been uncomfortable with the usually jesting references people sometimes make in my presence when they learn that I'm a priest. They sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, you and your flock, right? (laughs) The subtext always feels pretty paternalistic, right? What do they know about me and my flock, right? What do they know about you, about us? It just seems kind of, well, paternalistic. So I'd like to reverse this image a bit as I reflect for just a moment on the time that we've spent together these nearly eight years and to say that as much as it may be true that priests preach and teach and pastor their flocks, so to speak, flocks, so to speak, I think it needs to be said that the reverse is also true. So for me, I want to say that you have been a very excellent shepherd for this particular sheep. In more ways than you can know, you have helped me to lie down in green pastures and led me beside still waters. And God knows you have time and time again revived my soul. Your faithfulness has guided me along right pathways for God's name. And with you I have feared no evil. You have comforted me. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup has runneth over. I will carry your goodness and mercy with me all the days of my life. And in fact, of course, we are all part of the same flock, are we not? With the same good shepherd who loves and protects and guides us, who teaches us again and again that we are to do the same for one another. We are reminded in this imagery that we do not travel this road alone. With our teenaged brothers and sisters in Christ, we may not like the idea of being herded like cats or following the crowd. We're reminded that the Christian life is in fact a communal endeavor. It's communal both in the here and now, in time and space, and beyond time and space, 
in the communion of saints that lasts forever and ever. And for that, I am grateful to God and to you. Amen.